Welcome back to more Money Minutes for Doctors, episode number 20. Today, our topic is retirement landmines every doctor needs to watch out for. Catherine Besson is here. I'm the CEO and founder of MD Financial Advisors. Now, one item we talk about in every first meeting we have with doctors is retirement or financial independence. I think that's a much better way to think of it. Financial independence has such a glorious sound because that's the point in life where working is completely optional for you. Now, it's important to start planning for this goal early, no matter where you are at your career. Even if you're just fresh out of medical school, or maybe you're looking at retiring in the next few months, you still don't want to miss today's podcast on the nine landmines of retirement. Now, for further questions, or if there's something you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please reach out to us here at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media at MD Financial Advisors, and that way you'll never miss an episode. Now, today's doctors are at a huge disadvantage when it comes to financial independence or retirement. And by the time doctors are finally able to get to that status of being an attending, they're starting 10 years after attorneys, school teachers, accountants, and others have started their career. That means they've had 10 fewer years to maybe save for retirement and not to mention the medical school debt most of our doctors have. Today, we're going to be talking about the landmines doctors need to watch out for and some solutions and tips on how to avoid them. So let's get started with the nine landmines of retirement or financial independence. Landmine number one, the danger window. Now in financial circles, we think of the danger window as being the 10 years before retirement and the 10 years immediately after retirement. And this is when your investments are the most vulnerable and your wealth is the most vulnerable and unfortunately can have the biggest impact on your assets for the rest of your life. Let me give you a quick example. So if you're 30 years old, you've got $10,000, you've lost 25% one year in the market, it can happen. Well, it's $2,500. Yes, it's a little painful at 30, but it's only $2,500 and you've got decades and decades to recover. That's great for the 30-year-old doctor, but what about the 65-year-old doctor who wants to retire in a few months? Let's say your wealth is now $4 million and you've lost 25%, ouch, that is a million dollar loss, just at the point in time when you need to be taking money out of your accounts. That can be very, very painful, and it can be a difficult situation because you don't have the time to catch up, and you're forced to remove money from those accounts during a period of loss. Once again, something we want to avoid. Now, there are several ways that you can protect yourself during this danger window. One is we're starting to use more and more investments that have downside protection. We can talk about those in a future episode if you like. And we also look at downgrading risk. So let's say up to a few years before retirement, you're very comfortable with a portfolio that's 70% stocks, 30% bonds. Maybe though, as we're approaching this danger window, we want to go to a 60-40 portfolio. And then maybe even by 65, we might want 50-50, half stocks, half bonds. And we get through that danger window, we get towards the end of life. Believe it or not, those negative returns don't matter so much because we still have some money left over. We've been taught, even in financial circles, that it's all about returns, returns, returns. We want the biggest growth we possibly can. And that's very true 
when we're accumulating wealth. But once we get into that danger window, we want to preserve wealth. And our status then can be much, much different. As I said, we're not so interested in getting some higher returns as we are protecting the downside during that time period. All right, landmine number two, sequence of returns. So you're gonna laugh when I tell you this, but when I started financial planning, the only way we ever did projections was assuming a rate of return that was the same every single year. Now I had the luck or misfortune as it may be of starting during a time period when the markets were up. And yes, many financial advisors were projecting 12% returns every year, crazy. Even 8% every year, I think, has come up to be crazy. One of the things my mentor taught me my very first day of financial advising was our goal is about 3% above inflation. Yes, 3%. So what does that mean? That means maybe 6 or 7% on average over the long haul. Now, some years later, a very important company, T. Rowe Price, started thinking about this and went, duh, do we actually get 6 or 7% every single year in our portfolios? Well, absolutely not. Right. We can have years like 2018 where we lost money. On the other hand, we can have years like last year and the year before where you might get double digit returns. They started looking at something called the sequence of returns. So if we had three different portfolios and let's say they each averaged 7%, the end result can be quite different. And the reason is a portfolio number one, let's just say a fortunate doctor has a high returns early in retirement. So in other words, the market's going up when they're pulling money out. This can be a fantastically good sequence of return. And still in my hypothetical, still average 7% on average, because maybe they got poorer returns later. When you average all those out over a long span, it was still 7%. We can also look at portfolio number two, which has an exact 7% return every single year. Yes, I know that's never going to happen, but just for illustrative purposes, we can use that. And then we have the unfortunate doctor with portfolio number three. And that portfolio, that doctor has poor sequence of returns or bad years early. So during that doctor's unfortunate retirement, the market is down. Think 2008, some of the worst time periods ever were those doctors who retired in 2007 and the beginning of 2008, markets were at unbelievable high points. But within nine months or a year, the markets were down to almost historical lows. Some clients, not our clients, fortunately, but some doctors out there would probably lost 20, 40, even 50% of their portfolio in just a matter of months. Well, that's a hellacious thing to happen during a time period when you're pulling money out, right? We don't wanna pull money out when the markets are down because you lock in those losses. And for a retiring doctor, we don't have time to make this up. So sequence of returns is a very important risk. And it's something that we take into consideration with every financial plan that we do. Uh, our software has a amazing tool and allows us to hypothecate what happens with randomized returns. And we do something that we call a probability of success. Uh, the software looks at a thousand what ifs. What if you've got down markets two or three years in a row? What if you're making 20% one year and you lose 15 the next? It randomizes that a thousand times, and it comes up with a figure that I think is very predictive. 
which is what percentage of time do you run out of money in retirement? We don't want that to happen because doctors, when you run out of money in retirement, that's a really hard place to be. It's much different than my life. I'm an attorney, financial advisor. If I run out of money in retirement, I can just hang out a shingle and start practicing law again. But that's not true for doctors, unfortunately. Once you stop practicing medicine, we pretty much have to make sure that you're retired and you stay retired. So we wanna watch out for a bad sequence of returns. Now, landmine number three was another surprise to me when we started doing the research. That landmine says that average returns don't matter as much during retirement. And what we did was we looked at a number of different portfolios, each with a million dollar start date, a start amount, but they started at different time periods. So the sequence of returns was dramatically different. And once again, this gets to why we want a good sequence whenever possible early, which of course you can't prepare for that because we never know, but we wanna take it into consideration. And we do that with strategies that says, even if the market is down, how do we protect this portfolio? So one of the ways that we mentioned before we can do that is by reducing your risk during this time period, or in typical time periods when the stock market is down, bonds are up. So maybe when the market is down, we wanna pull money out of bonds and let the stocks recover in your portfolio. Um, another thing that we can do, sometimes we'd recommend getting a home equity line of credit on your home. Hopefully we never have to touch it, but if the stock market is down for a year or two, we may wanna borrow money on your home equity line of credit wait for the stock market to return. And at that point, you can pay back the loan. And that way you don't have to do the devastating thing of taking money out in a down market. All right, landmine number four, changing tax brackets. Now, anybody who's been following Congress for the last couple of years knows that every two years we get a different Congress and we're gonna get different tax rates, uh, different tax loopholes, different taxes in general. Now, as you know, in the United States, we have a, a step system to taxes. Uh, dollars over a certain amount are gonna be taxed at a higher rate. Now, your personal tax brackets can also often change during retirement. And a lot of doctors are under the mistaken belief that they're going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. But hello, in order for this to happen, one of two things has to happen. Either Congress has to come to their senses and reduce tax rates, that's not a bet I wanna make. Um, or you have to significantly reduce your income needs in retirement to get yourself in a lower tax bracket. Offhand out of over 500 some odd doctors that we work with nationwide, I can only think of maybe five that actually want to reduce their standard of living in retirement. So that's not something that's gonna be available to most doctors. Most doctors want to maintain the same standard of living. So we wanna make sure that we take advantage of the tax brackets when we can. What I mean by that is if we're doing Roth conversions or other strategies, we wanna keep an eye on those tax brackets and whenever possible, make those changes only up to the next tax bracket so that you don't incur unnecessary taxes by going into the next tax bracket. All right, landmine number five. Surprise taxes in retirement. This can be dividend taxes and interest. So successful doctors are going to have large investments in their brokerage accounts. 
So these are not going to be particular retirement accounts. They're going to be uh, have different tax treatment. They're going to be taxed on the capital gains in these accounts. But I'm amazed at how many clients don't realize that the stocks and bonds they have in these brokerage accounts do throw off extra taxes every year. The stocks throw off dividends and the bonds throw off interest. Now, the bonds, the interest on bonds is taxed at ordinary income tax rates. And some of the dividends on stocks are taxed at ordinary income tax rates, and some of them are taxed at more advantageous capital gains rates. So we want to take these taxes into consideration. And very or often that some of these dividends can be actually taxed at the highest bracket. For many of our doctors that for federally, that's going to be over 37%. And of course, we have to consider capital gains tax. Once again, this can be 15 to 20% on a federal level, plus whatever your state level is. So it's very important that we use the right kind of investments in these brokerage accounts because it can save you thousands of dollars in taxes every year. One of the things we like to use is something called a taxed managed mutual fund. And these accounts are geared to reduce these taxes as much as possible and still maintain growth in these accounts, which obviously is what we want to do. Now, some pundits estimate that you can actually increase your after-tax return by as much as 0.75% by using these tax-managed uh, investments. Now, this can add up to a lot of money over the long run, and it's an important strategy that even younger doctors should consider. All right, landmine number six, no long-term care plan. Unfortunately, long-term care costs are not only predictable, but they are crazy high. And it's not unusual for long-term care needs to go on for more than 10 years. Uh, there was a 2020 general study that said the monthly cost of national nursing care nationally on average was about 8,500 per month, which comes to over $102,000 per year. Yes, I know it's absolutely shocking. And it's a way that can quickly deplete your retirement portfolio in a hurry. Now, some of the solutions for this. Long-term care insur insurance does cover this need. It can be expensive. I'm not a huge fan. There's some pros and cons, and we do use it occasionally. But one of the problems with long-term care insurance is if you don't need the insurance, it's kind of like your homeowner's insurance. You've paid a lot for the insurance, but you don't get anything back. You can pay a lot for homeowner's insurance, and if your house doesn't ever burn down, you're never going to be able to get those insurance premiums back. The good news is there's some new life insurance policies out there that are quite interesting in that they will allow you to access the death benefit early for long-term care. And then if you don't need it, your heirs can get the death benefit. So the advantage here is somebody is going to get the money back. Either you'll be able to use it for long-term care expenses, or your heirs will be able to get a death benefit. So it's something that every doctor should be considering. Landmine number seven. We call this the no asset allocation plan. So for those of you who've listened to previous podcasts, you know we talk a lot about the tax control triangle and how the taxes are different in each of these tax buckets. But your brokerage account, your 401k, your Roth IRA, they could all be holding the exact same investments but all be taxed entirely differently. 
So we like to do something that we call asset placement. The whole goal with an asset placement strategy is to get the right assets in the right tax bucket to increase your after-tax wealth without increasing your risk. Now, I go into this in more detail in our podcast on the tax triangle, but let me just give you a quick and dirty about this now. So let's just take your tax-deferred accounts, your 401ks, IRAs, 403bs. That is a great place to put a lot of your bonds. And the reason, as I mentioned before, is the interest on your bonds is taxed at ordinary income tax rates. When you pull money out of your 401k plan, it's all taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Now, your Roth accounts, we really don't care about the tax advantages of what's going in a Roth account. What we want is that investments that's going to do the best. Maybe we should put our riskiest investments there because over time, they should be giving us more return. So we might put emerging markets, let's say, into our Roth IRAs with the hope that you invest 10,000 and it turns into 100 in retirement. You can pull out all 100 and not have to pay any tax on it. And then in your brokerage account, these are subject to capital gains tax, but they're very liquid. These are the ones that we want to use the tax managed mutual funds that we talked about previously. All right, landmine number eight. Some doctors are not aware of what I think of as tax bracket arbitrage. Now, one of the reasons we want to have money in each of those different tax buckets is it allows you to play tax arbitrage in retirement. What I mean by that is if taxes are high, then you want to pull more of your retirement income out of the tax-free bucket. On the other hand, taxes are going to change. We know that, as we mentioned, every couple of years we get a new Congress and taxes go up or down. During time periods when taxes are low, those are years you will want to pull money out of your tax deferred accounts, your 401ks, your 403bs. Now, I have seen this strategy save doctors hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars over time in retirement. Now, the key to this, though, is getting as much money into the tax-free bucket as possible, and there are very few ways, unfortunately, to do that. So the sooner you can start putting money into the tax-free bucket, the earlier and the better that you're going to be off in the long run because those accounts can get to be bigger and you're going to have more options in retirement. Now, we also want to take a look at a couple of other things when it comes to tax brackets. So for instance, at a particular level, there's an additional tax called the net investment income tax. It's an additional 3.8% income tax. So as we're planning to pull money out in retirement, we wanna try whenever possible to stay under this level because that's gonna save you 3.8% on the federal level. Now, solution here, this is a strategy that takes some coordination with your CPA. So we wanna be able to sure that we can work with them and create strategies way before the end of the tax year because that's gonna help you stay under the next tax, uh, under the next tax bracket. And it's gonna really help us get a better uh, way of maximizing the arbitrage in retirement with the tax buckets. All right, landmine number nine is probably the most important of all the ones we're gonna talk about. And it's what I call the unrealistic retirement mindset. And I'm surprised how many doctors have this. It was a shock to me at first to see so many young doctors, 35 years old, that really disliked working so much that they were ready to retire. And we have numerous doctors who retire at 50 if they could. And uh, honestly, it makes me very sad 
because I want to make sure that they're enjoying life as much as possible. And they're obviously extremely unhappy. And because of that, they want to retire early, no matter what. And let me just run through a hypothetical case. I've seen something similar happen many times, but we'll just run through a hypothetical case and I'll show you why I think this can be the biggest problem that you're going to face. So let's take a doctor couple. I'm gonna call them Joe and Jane. They're both 62 and they insist on retiring this year, no matter what. Now, Joe's a psychiatrist. He earns about 250,000 years. Jane is a neurologist. She earns about 300,000 a year. Now, the good news is they have accumulated some wealth. They've got about $3 million in assets that they wanna use in retirement. But unfortunately, they didn't follow some of the advice we've been giving you, which is to be very careful about tax arbitrage. And as a result, they've got 2.7 million in retirement accounts, their 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, and this money has never been taxed. And they only have about 300,000 in brokerage accounts, and they've got zip in Roth accounts or in the tax-free accounts. So when I use our projections that we talked about earlier that run, do the randomized returns, I'm looking for what percentage of time can Joe and Jane retire this year and not have to worry about running out of money. And what I found was about 75% of the time they would be okay, but about 25% they will run out of money before they run out of life. And by the way, this assumes that all the planets are lining up for them perfectly. It assumes they don't have any long-term care needs. It assumes taxes never go up from their current level. And it assumes inflation stays low. All of this are very, very unrealistic expectations. And if I put those needs into their plan, if I run those projections through, it'll probably see that they're running out of money about 40% of the time only 60% of the time will they be able to get to the end of life and still have some money left over. Here's where wisdom comes with age. I wanna make sure that our clients have a probability of success of somewhere between 98 and 100% when they're within a couple years of retiring. Because let's face it, who wants to be 95 years old and not have any money? You're gonna need a lot of money at 95. We wanna make sure that you have that. So. Here are some of the solutions that I suggest to these clients that are very unhappy and they want to be able to retire right away, no matter what, even though it doesn't make sense. And even though there's a high probability, they will run out of money. So one solution, work part-time for five to seven years. So think about maybe your life would be a lot better if you cut back and maybe just work 50%. And for clients that do this for say five to seven years, that has an amazing impact on their retirement. First of all, it protects their investments because for those five or seven years that they're working part-time, we may not be taking any money out of their retirement accounts but we're, and, and we're not putting any money in, right? We're just letting those retirement accounts grow. And that's fantastic because we've got five or seven or maybe even 10 years where they're getting bigger and, and bigger. And that gives us a lot more fudge factor, a lot more margin in retirement. Now, I also think it's good for doctors' brains. You're really smart. Most of our clients are going to be dead bored if they're just out golfing all the time in retirement. You need something to do. You've got this amazing education. So let's think about a way that you can use it part-time. And uh, like I said, that'll solve a lot of financial problems and 
the studies show that the longer you're working, actually the longer you live. So I very often will get new clients asking me when I'm planning to retire. And the answer is no, I'm, I'm going feet first out of here. And part of the reason is I follow my own advice. I created a job that I absolutely love. This is not work for me. And who wants to retire from something that's a party all the time? So if you're in a position where you don't love your work as much as I do, it's really, really draining for you, then I think let's consider how can we make this better for you? So some psychiatrists, I find they actually like practicing psychiatry. They don't like working for the man or the hospital that they're working for. I find my psychiatrists that set up their own private practice are a lot happier. And particularly if they don't have to deal with insurance companies because they're only taking cash patients. Now for an emergency med doc, yes, I know it's very stressful, but I've had a lot of them find move over to urgent care and life is a lot easier. They can do that for a lot longer than they can do emergency med. If you're an orthopedic surgeon, maybe for you, Life is easier and more fun if you're just doing expert witness work or you're working as a consultant. And if some of these things appeal to you, check out our side gig course because we go into a lot of detail and the kinds of side gigs or other things you can do with your medical licensing and education that are a lot less stressful. So my last piece, if you're insisting on retiring, take a good look at these numbers, have your financial advisor run some of those projections. What is the likelihood you're gonna run out of money and then see if there's things you can do to either make that money last longer, reduce your downside risk, make your life a lot more pleasant. I would love it if every doctor had a job they didn't feel that they had to retire from. That to me is true financial independence. So if you're unsure whether or not your retirement plan has got some landmines or even where they are or how to avoid them, please reach out to your financial advisor or us and we'll let you know if you're on the right track for getting a very, very safe financial independence. Now in closing, please follow us on social media. That really means a lot to us. And if you found this helpful, I would appreciate it if you forward it on to your colleagues, particularly those colleagues that are maybe 50 and over and they're thinking about retirement and they're not in as good a shape as they think they are. Um, I should have mentioned earlier that when we have doctors who come to us in their 50s and 60s for the first time to engage us, about 80% of those doctors in my experience are going to run out of money in retirement and they're completely unaware of that. So I don't want that to happen to you. Let's plan early. Now, please send us your questions and topics for future issues of the podcast. As you know, I've got a passion for helping doctors and giving them a sense of peace about their finances. So if there's any topics you want us to discuss, let us know. Finally, you can reach out to us directly for a second opinion on your financial health and where you stand in relation to financial independence. And you can do that by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. So in the meantime, please stay healthy and prosper.